Hi, everyone. Welcome to Basic Binges, part of the Off Talk Network. We're finally back after this long hiatus. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Um, but as a refresher, on this show, we review popular shows while eating and drinking our binge-worthy snacks and drinks. If you're watching live, don't forget to redeem those channel points. Please be nice to us because we haven't done this in a minute. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Eric Ramirez, and right now I am enjoying a nice twist of tea uh, because it was my birthday weekend, and so I so we ate some McDonald's before we jumped on because uh, I was starving and I couldn't hold off. Um, but I want to introduce you guys to our wonderful guests who you've seen before, but we're all back. Uh, Julie, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody out there. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, good to be back. Um, I am Julie, and I have a sort of tradition when I watch Doctor Who, especially like the specials or whatever, to get jammy Dodgers. So I have some of those. I also have some Jelly Babies because, you know, like these I feel like are two kind of Doctor Who staple foods. And I made myself a little mocktail that I'm going to call the Allons-y, um, because it's made with French, uh, French sparkling mint lemonade and some lime juice and some uh, uh, frozen strawberry lemonade ice cubes. So sounds delicious. And, yeah, it's actually pretty good. I already had a sip. So, and then I have some taquitos for sustenance that have nothing to do with Doctor Who, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, hey, taquitos are delicious. Who doesn't like? I mean, I know, right? <laughs> you have so, yeah. some amazing things here. Thank you for being on tonight. I'm so excited to see you, Tony. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody out there again. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Tony. Tony Sanchez, and. Um, yeah, I am, I'm having a couple of things. It's very much girl dinner over here. So, of course, have my handy-dandy liquid death water. Um, I also went and got uh, a green juice. Uh, I had a pretty hefty lunch. Uh, so I was actually, like, not feeling another full, complete, solid meal. But it did come with chicken tenders, so I'm also chewing on that from lunch. Um, and uh, I also have some, uh, some tea on the way here. Uh, so... That's about as British as it's going to get, which is really unfortunate because I now just realized I have like uh, chocolate digestives hanging out somewhere. They're like amazing. You haven't tried them. <laughs> um, but had I prepared, I, I probably, but that might be just one too many genres and flavor. Yeah. So we may just have to rein in the girl dinner a little bit. But anyways, back to you. No, that sounds all great. All, all the drinks and everything. But next week, I do want those things where we're talking about Dr. <laughs> Gonna be very uh, and lastly, right? Uh, but lastly, Alejandro, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? I just wanted to say uh -huh. when Tony said her name, Tony, Tony Sanchez, I got a very but like very Bond, James Bond vibes. That was cool, <laughs> by the way. I said, do that more often, badass. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Alejandro, uh, Cowie. Uh, you guys know me. It's been a long time. Uh, honestly, um, I'm gonna be the fatty of the group, so I'm always known to bring some food. So we got some chow mein fried rice general chow's chicken and i'm just going to do a shameless plug little plug here <clears throat> some coca-cola so i will be nomming this whole time as we talk about dr who so yeah i'm excited here we go i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> uh, 
give us one second. It looks like we possibly. Hey, Eric, can you uh, can you hear us, buddy? Uh, it's coming off very uh, Cyberman like. <laughs> Our dialect. <laughs> I will learn how to do this eventually. I sound good. I'm trying out. And so we have to learn on those because apparently I do sound like a Cyberman after a little <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, there are people in chat, like I said, Q's there, um, uh, King Soldier and everything. Thank you guys for coming and sitting and chatting with us. Um, tonight, we are starting off big. We are starting off with Doctor Who. Um, we're going to be going a little bit through um, season four of Doctor Who so we can talk about the Doctor and, the, and Donna. Um, we're going to touch base a little bit on Jodie Whittaker and her transition into the uh, new Doctor, the 14th Doctor, who, again, is uh, David Tennant. Um, and then we're going to jump into the Star Beast episode, the first 60th anniversary special. Um, but getting into this, before we start breaking down everything, I want to know, like, are you guys super fans of Doctor Who? When did you guys start watching it? Who's your favorite Doctor companion? Um, we'll mm. start with you on this one, Tony. Oh, God. Um, I was a latecomer to to Doctor Who. Um, I was definitely on Tumblr when Super Who Lock was the thing and everywhere and ubiquitous. Um, and I got really tired of having to scroll through memes and stories and posts that I just did not understand. So that's why I started watching Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> I was very much obsessed with it, but then I realized, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. I'd be emotionally wrecked for like days after um and not just like the big episodes like the little i cry and get emotionally devastated at almost anything um so the fact that especially during the russell t davies uh era they just really like to you know do that a lot um it was, <laughs> so i got up to the 12th doctor um and really uh it, it, i i had to reevaluate <laughs> i had to take a little moment away so i've actually been slowly making my way uh, through 13, through the Jodie uh, Whittaker era, era, and I have not finished, but I did go back to make sure, because I knew about this, the internet went nuts whenever they talked about David Tennant returning, mm. so I did need to make sure that I wasn't missing <laughs> anything uh, between the regeneration and where this special was going to begin. Apparently, there's just a, uh, a children in need little mini-sode. I think there may be two at the most, mm -hmm. but essentially regeneration and then immediately into this uh new special um which i guess we only get three of which is sad because no i should have more um <laughs> my favorite doctor and companion combination is actually doctor and donna um i thought it was the most perfect combination of the fact that i don't like groupie companions so I've always had an issue with some of those, which definitely there was a good 50-50 on the groupie companions, um, especially during the, <laughs> the, the new series. Um, and I also didn't love the companions. Well, I guess not. I, that's not the right word. I, I always had a problem with the fact that the show never really wants to make the companions too smart. That always seems to be something where they're like, well, there's only one smart person here and you have to be the weird, emotional, compassionate human. And that's your role here. Um, and I always like that Donna, even without, you know, the benefit of all the nifty, you know, time Lord uh, mind regeneration thing, um, that she's still fairly brilliant because she's more than just emotionally um, intelligent. She's actually 
very smart about you know her i don't know she just seems like that lady that like yeah this is the lady that i'm gonna follow in the zombie apocalypse she seems like that lady and that she would actually make it and <laughs> that if we make it we would thrive um yeah so i'm very very happy that this is a combination that's come back to me so it's christmas for me <laughs> no i agree with you on the donna thing but i feel like you'd follow her into a zombie apocalypse but she'd only survive because she misses everything and that's how she would survive the zombie apocalypse. Oh, but, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Alejandra, what about you? Uh, how long have you been a fan? Who's your favorite companion? Were you excited about this? Oh new my goodness. Out with? I was hyped. Excuse me as I have my chow made in my mouth. But um, I always so, <laughs> but I'm uh I was pretty hyped about it. My problem is is I was stuck in the middle between the 10th Doctor 11, Doctor Max Smith, uh, Matt Smith and mm-hmm. Tenet are my two my two go-tos nothing wrong with the ninth doctor how it's nothing wrong with the eighth or the 11th i like like them all especially i don't think they gave the 11th uh more credit you know a little you know i believe they should have done a little bit more might have switched that around but i'll get more clarity later but all in all when it comes to uh this special i went nuts because this is my man i mean when it came to david Tennant, he got me um how i was introduced to it is my other half over here uh stephanie she's amazing uh, one day she's like, hey, you got to check out Doctor Who. I was like, what is this? What are you talking about? And literally, uh, I never looked at mannequins ever same again because I started with the ninth Doctor myself. But with all that being said, coming with number 10, uh, you know, David Tennant, the one line, I don't want to go, has hit me mm. to my core mm. ever since. Mm. I, I've al- I was already crying through episodes like back in the day through Are You My Mummy and things going into like simple, simplistic concepts of that. But just that one line, just knowing that actor, who he was, who he read, I was like, oh, I don't want you to go either. So seeing him come back in the special, I was like, oh, my God. I was probably screaming at Steph, probably being way too dramatic. Look at this. She's like, sweetheart, relax. Just watch the show. We'll see what's happening. So just having that introduction, seeing one of my favorites, like it's really hard. The 10th and 11th Doctor's. There are storylines. I believe they're both their own individual. It's really hard, but seeing him and just his character and seeing the amount of energy and, oh my God, Tony, you hit it the nail on the head, seeing Donna come back. And I was just not expecting to have that just, just not of just emotional things, just waiting, I'm just waiting on a bated breath for the next mm-hmm. second, what was going to happen mm-hmm. to see who we're going to be introduced to. So I was pretty hyped. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. No, I was right there with everybody. I was just like, he's back. Finally. <laughs> Um, Julie, what was your introduction and are you a super fan? What did you think about the doctor coming back and who's your favorite companion doctor compared? Um, I I would say I'm a super fan, a super fan, definitely, uh, a Whovian, if you will. Um, I, I was, I was a latecomer as well, like Tony. Um, but I mean, I've been in it for a while now. Like I would say, well, I want to say I kind of got introduced to it like maybe shortly after I moved to LA because I had a lot of friends here that were like wait you haven't seen this show you would love this show and it was enough friends that I trusted their tastes in like TV that I was like okay fine like I will watch it and yeah sure enough yeah foot hooked foot hooked I was hook line and sinker fell head over heels um and and that was that um <laughs> and and i have also like tony as well taken breaks in between i there were some you know storylines i wasn't the biggest fan of and i was like ah, i don't know if i want to watch this right now but then i came back to it and then it came back around and like you know um i would say my favorite 
companion is is I mean favorite doctor companion I know this is like cliche but I have to say Ten and Rose because that's really the combo that made me fall in love with the show I have again I have no problem with Nine I have no problem with Christopher Eccleston I think he did great but um but Tennant David Tennant is who like really sucked me in and was like this is who the doctor is like this is the kind of charisma and charm and personality and compassion that like you expect from the doctor and this is like who this character is and that's you know, and then and then Rose, I don't know, just their, their relationship, of course, breaks your heart, rips your heart out a couple times, puts it back in. Um, and I just loved it. But I but I also um like Alejandro was a big fan of Matt Smith too. And I didn't think that I could be after David Tennant. I was like, he's way too much to live up to, but then I ended up kind of falling in love with Matt Smith too. And Rory and Amy, like, oh my God. Mm. So yeah. I, I, those were okay so like if i were to say three favorite companions rose and then donna and then rory and amy i think for me um but yeah donna uh donna just amazing and that storyline also broke my heart because dr who just like didn't do that um yeah <laughs> and uh yeah to see them come back well okay so i had had a few spoilers like because i follow the dr who accounts on instagram and like you know i didn't turn them off like I don't know didn't think about it so I was like oh man like but but you know I was kind of excited because I was like wait how is this gonna happen what is going to happen what is this how is this and so um to see them both on screen again yeah I was like giddy I was like I felt like it was like old times you know like it was like your your old friends come back you know like and it was just really exciting to just see that and I was just so fascinated with like okay where's this gonna go like so yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I started myself a long time ago. I tried to watch the first episode of uh, Matt Smith when he became the doctor, and I didn't really get into it, so I had to go back, and I, of course, started with Eccleston, and then went to David Tennant and everything. There's something about David Tennant and Catherine Tate's um, energy together and how well they work off of each other. Oh, Yeah. Um, makes them my favorite but like tony was saying donna's not stupid she's very brilliant and she keeps mm -hmm. up what i also really enjoy about that relationship is they didn't make it romantic they're like one of the only doctor companion things that wasn't romantic and it oh was yeah. crap they're best they're friends aren't really they you friends. yeah sorry to interrupt you that's cool oh my goodness <laughs> yeah, no, I, love I love i love when he was talking about her was like she's my best friend and i was like uh, like they are they're best friends like they're best friends and that was beautiful and they he she kept him honest and brought him back yeah. and i think that's she's the first person in this series and i don't think we've got much of it since her either for her to call him out on shit that he shouldn't be doing or they should yeah be. yeah i agree that's definitely why the, that's my favorite doctor companion scenario that will always be will forever be um but getting into this, we do have to break them down a little bit because the first 60th anniversary episode, The Star Beast, does bring them back. So I thought we'd jump in and give a little bit of backstory from them. So the first time that Donna and the Doctor meet is in a season three episode, first episode of season three, The Runaway Bride, where... The adipose. <laughs> no. No, before that. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Um, the runaway bride where yeah. she randomly ends up on the TARDIS. With, in a wedding dress. Yeah. In a wedding dress. 
finds out that her fiance is trying to kill her and the arachnoid, um, I believe, yes. are what trying to kill her because they're trying to birth giant spiders from the core of the planet. But the doctor, one of the, <laughs> one of the first time she steps up to it is she calls him out because he's very angry because he just lost Rose and wants to destroy the world. Um, and she stops him. And that was the first like inkling of things that she was going to put a stop to him mm. going crazy or pulling him, reeling him in. Um, if you guys remember that episode, uh, what what were your thoughts on just this random person getting thrown onto the TARDIS and kind of becoming friends with the Doctor and we get that first inkling of it? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Julie. Um, well, I remember I was thinking like, wow, like what an entrance for this character. <laughs> she just comes in like she's fiery, you know, like she's spicy. But um, like, and at the time, I think we were all wondering, like, who his next companion was going to be. And it wasn't her yet. Like, you know, so it was an interesting, like, it was a cool introduction. I mean, I love how Doctor Who does that. I love how they, like, introduce people and then they come back later on. They're really good at that. Like, they're really good at, like, like giving you a teaser of, like, what's to come kind of, you know. Because um, you'll see plenty of people pop up and then don't show up till a little while later. But, yeah. You're absolutely right on the, like, she needed to be there because he was ready to, like, do things he was going to regret. And, like, you know, that was, like you said, the first introduction to her personality, her feistiness, like, her, you know, and, like, I don't know. It was it was a fun episode. I, I remember it well. Now that I had to think back to that was the first one. But, yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> um, Alejandro, what did you think about this, like, the first introductory of Donna and getting this glimpse of them, too? All right, don't kill me. You guys are going to hate me. Uh, just for a brief second. I could not stand Donna when I first met her. <laughs> I wanted to scratch like a chalkboard. At, at the time being, I was so caught up on her, how confident she was. And her confidence to me at the time being, because I wasn't reading the rest of her character and really not understanding who it was, was coming off of the arrogance. And I wasn't too mm -hmm. sure how I was vibing with. And at the time being, I was like, hey, but she's actually putting this guy in his place. And it, it threw me off a little bit because whether, whether you love her or hate her in the beginning, you cannot deny that she put like she was there to be that, you know, he's a high acidity. She's that base to put him down. It was, it's she's there to put on ground level. I did not start liking her until later episodes because she was starting to show more of a character and who she was in, in coming in. So I was a little thrown off at first. Um, I will say I was a little bit with Rose Blues because going with Tennant and following his character and being with his emotions, I was riding his high and riding his lows. Yep. So at that point of him losing Rose and the way it did it, and I'm going to tell you one thing I forgot to say, and Julie and Tony brought this up here and there. Rory and I, I just remember the Centurion episode and honestly he has to be now one of my favorite companions just know the fact that he waited a thousand years just to go ahead and, and you know be that guy I just, I, sorry, I just got chill bumps but going to the concept of what we went not I digress a little bit not to go away from the question you're answering earlier uh, Eric sorry but um, just to be a little prominent, I was still on the lows of, you know, losing Rose so I was like alright and at the time being I wasn't necessarily a big Rose fan I just liked what she brought in Tenet. And that to me was great because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really a fan of how Rose treated her boyfriend in the beginning. So once again, there's a lot of crazy things that, you know, emotionally <laughs> had me going. And, and, you know, it's crazy how you mentioned that one episode that I have not seen in like probably almost four years and how much memories it brings back when we're talking about it. 
but I initially wasn't a Donna fan when I saw it. And yeah. this is just me putting my my where I was emotionally at now, because obviously seeing this special episode, ah, Steph, I was in tears. I was like, she's back. She realizes what's going on. I was just like, what the heck? And I did not expect to have that much excitement to see her again. So the initial interaction with it was a big fan of her. Later on, growing and watching the rest of the episodes, I became like kind of a pro. She's a pretty good person, but I was shocked to when she came back. I was like, I love her. Just bring her back more and more and more. So, okay. but yeah, I like I said, a little anti anti Donna when I first met her. That's all. <laughs> yeah, um, Tony, what were your thoughts on that episode? If you remember it at all, I hated it <laughs> <laughs> because to me, it definitely felt like a filler episode, and I think that's what it was conceived of originally. Catherine Tate, you know, obviously. Uh, a celebrity in her own right, a very like, you know, uh, big, huge comedic name, especially uh, in the UK. Um, so it kind of felt like the James Corden uh, episodes where it was like, let's mm. get somebody who people might recognize and it'll just be funny because we'll let that person do what they do. Um, and I think that they brought in Catherine Tate to play this character that was, I would argue it's not really Donna because um, the character, I think they are plucky, they are sassy, but that pluckiness and sassiness is completely like self-obsessed, self-interested, uh, vapid, loud, obnoxious. Um, and granted, you know, it's supposed to be like a bride who's like, you know, had their, you know, bride, uh, their, their wedding day, uh, and their bride moment completely ruined. Um, so, I mean, like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to like, you know, connect with that, but it just ended up being like a lot of yelling, um, which is another thing I don't like about some companions where it just ends up becoming like people yelling doctor a lot, a lot. Um, and it's like, that, <laughs> that doesn't really make a companion. Um, I think we see glimmers of who she can be, but I don't think Donna Noble really shows up until uh, they're reunited. And um, I think it's called Partners in Crime. Um, it's yeah. an house episode where she actually is doing her best Lois Lane impression, like going undercover, you know, posing as a journalist, trying to get uh -huh. for this. And it's all, you know, um, there's this sense of compassion that we didn't see prior. It's this sense of like duty and responsibility that we definitely didn't get to see. And also in The Runaway Bride, she literally says no to traveling in the TARDIS and traveling with the doctor. And it's like, because she's really focused on having the life, this very small human life. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but it just was kind of like, oh, you really do not have that sense of adventure um, mm -hmm. that is really uh, required for all companions. Mm -hmm. And we come back around and she's like packed, ready to go with, you know, her hat boxes and everything. And it's like, okay, yes, this is finally the person. So yeah, maybe it was the year or two worth of regret that built up in order for her to become that person. But I just think, honestly, they just did a massive rewrite because they figured like, oh no, Catherine Tate can actually act and we can actually have her for an extended period <laughs> of time. And we don't have to have her just show up and yell. Um, and she can do uh, do more and we have to make her likable uh, just beyond you know a simple cameo, a one episode cameo. So um, yeah, I didn't care for Donna at first, but I very quickly changed my mind once you know we actually got a sense of who Donna Noble actually is. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Even in that episode, however much I do love Donna, she did get on my nerves that episode. Uh, <laughs> reason being why she was there, uh, like you did mention the James Corden episodes and everything like that. Reason she only did a one off that uh, third season was because she was shooting her own show and they conflicted. So they're able mm. to get the episode and then they planned to bring her in for the fourth season as the companion. So, a uh, Agema Freeman was actually the 
one that was just a part-timer when they mm. brought her. Interesting. Which, okay. I didn't know that. Um, but yes, no, I agree with you. She was annoying. It wasn't the full-fledged Dawn that we could get. But like you said, um, Tony, partners in crime, we get her back and she's doing the Lois Lane sleuthing thing and she's trying to figure out what the adipose are. Um, and they come back together in that scene where they're across um, from the office, window to window, he's outside and they're having that whole silent conversation. It's one of the first <laughs> things I think I've ever seen in Doctor Who because both of them can play it off so well. Um, in this episode too, we really start to see how well... Uh, Catherine Tate and um, David Tennant can really meld together and play off of each other really well. Um, throughout the season four and everything, seeing episodes like Midnight, um, the Centauran Stratagem, the Doctor's Daughter, um, who Adria came back for that one. What did you think about their companionship and uh, everything throughout the fourth season? Did you like it? Did you wish things would change? We'll start with you on this one, Alejandra. Oh man. Uh, realistically speaking, like I said, it was, it was kind of a, a you were talking about four season, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, realistically speaking for me, it was kind of, once again, a mix of emotions. I, I kind of, my issue that I tend to have and, and Steph, the, the reason why she introduced me to Dr. Who, she knew how to get invested this way is the character I get into. I tend to feel what they're feeling. And sometimes I have to be careful because sometimes I'll be in a, you know, crappy down depressed mood because three of the episodes are pretty dang intense. Uh, to me, I felt as if the companion brought the best out of him, but I was not convinced as I let that I liked her yet. It, it was there. It was hinting. Like I said, my introduction in general, but once again, it still felt like the, I mean, if we're being real, every companion's made to bring the, bring out the best in the doctor. And it's hard because you really can't see it until, in my opinion, until like, one episode here, two episodes there, and it kind of fluctuates. So, but realistically speaking, without sound too conflicted, <laughs> I, I I appreciate the relationship that they were having. I just, once again, I can't like really say I liked her per se. That That's my issue. Really, that's the best way to say it. All right, Julie, right before I ask you the same question, Q-Ball did uh, redeem Hydrate for all of us. So, Hydrate. Thank you, Q. Cheers, Q-Ball. <clears throat> All right, Julie, same question for you. How, what did you think about their companionship throughout the season four? Did you like it? Do you wish something's changed? Uh, what are your thoughts? No, I wouldn't have changed it one bit, to be honest. <laughs> I I loved it. Um, but I, I will say, I, I will agree a little bit with what you guys were saying before in the first episode that we saw her, what we were just talking about. Like, you're right, you don't get to see the full spectrum of who Donna is. But I mean, that's pretty typical like I think they were still probably figuring out her character you know I still did enjoy that episode but but I definitely like fell head over heels for her when um you know as the season went on the adipose episode was to me like really funny and just charming and like just like you got to see uh, like more of who she could be and then eventually yeah she just ended up being like a really fun companion and like where it ended like a uh, tragic but like still like it just made you love donna because she literally like is such a she sacrificed herself for humanity basically yeah. like that's the kind of person she is so like how could you not like love that i don't know um and yeah and their chemistry like you guys were saying was great like and i mean like Catherine tate and david Tennant had like worked together before and they've 
since worked together multiple times now and other things. I've seen some of the other stuff they did. Like she, he was on her sketch show and stuff like that. And yeah, they're just, they're just great together. Like anything they do together is great. So of course, like that was going to work because they just have that natural relationship, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on this and their chemistry in season four? <laughs> Big I can, question. I can make an argument that season four is probably the strongest season of the revival. Uh, just because I think like you go from Partners in Crime immediately into Fires of Pompeii, which was a crazy effing episode, like to just immediately jump in into a companion <laughs> first adventure, like real adventure, just like straight into the TARDIS, literally into the fires of fucking Pompeii. Um and then later find out that it actually has this really great cyclical thing happening. Because, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's amazing. And then after that, I think is the Ood episode, which again, like this whole new, like, you know, uh, alien species that we'd never seen before um, and expanding the mythology of that. And there's these really great, you know, uh, questions about uh, the nature of, uh, of beings, especially based upon their biology. Like she makes that really great observation that beings that are born with their brains in their hands are gentle creatures because by definition they need to be because they literally have their brain in their hand. Like it's such a really great, like, just like, it's a really strong outing. And then the fact that there's also, uh, the library episodes where we get to meet River Song for the first time. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's such an amazing oh. piece of television. I cannot believe yes. We don't talk about that more. Uh, oh. Don't blink is kind of like um, you know the oh. Leaping Angel uh, episode um, with Carrie Mulligan. That seems to be like held up as like, hey, if you want to show people a Doctor Who episode without them having to know anything about the mythology, that seems to be the one. The one I point yeah. to is Midnight because I'm like, mm. it is creepy, <laughs> it is amazing, it is everything wonderful about David Tennant, and um, yeah, it's just fucking amazing um and then for it to immediately go into like these really like huge like there's a lot of two-parters in right. season four um which i don't great. really care for like just in general just because i'm like oh you guys are just gonna like pace this out but they're really well done they're so good um and especially with that um yeah, I hate the end of season four because I hate what they do to Donna because it's so heartbreaking. And it's <laughs> I didn't realize how few episodes there were with Donna until mm -hmm. I started doing research. And I was like, oh, my God, it really does feel like we, she's been here forever. But also she just got here. How are we going to take mm -hmm. her away so quickly? So, yeah, season four is like definitely like as a package, I would buy that box set. And I don't like box sets. <laughs> No, I'm right there with you, uh, Tony, and saying like this, I feel season four is the best season of the revival of Doctor Who. Um, I mean, you hands down, you have to give that to Russell T. Davis because he's just a brilliant showrunner and writer. And the things that he is able to come up with, especially when he gets like Tenant with him, is mind blowing. Um, yeah. There are people out there who say that Tenant was the reason um that the revival did so well just because how well he's able to actually be the doctor um so people are mentioning now the reason they brought him back is to kind of revamp it again because of the chimnal jody era kind of dropped ratings and everything of it mm. there there are rumors but regardless season four is probably one of my favorites like you mentioned as well there are a lot of two-parter episodes mm. but also in this besides don't blink uh, in the previous season, um, Donna is the only one who has gotten her own solo episode out of 
most companions. Mm. Um, she has her own turn left where we finally figure out that <clears throat> the reason that she got thrown onto the TARDIS in season three and found him again and missed all these things was because the universe is circling around her because she is one of the most important people in the universe. Um, <clears throat> everything is facing towards her. So we find out in Stolen Earth that, um, wow, I just forgot their name, uh, Execute, um, Daleks, the Daleks. The Dalek. Yeah. Daleks are trying to create this big machine to bring all their people back, but then we also get the army of the Doctor's old companions. We get Sarah Jane, we get Jack Harkness, we get um, Freeman Ageman, we get all of them. Rose, Mickey, Rose's mom, all of them come back and they are set for war. Um, and they're going to destroy the TARDIS and Donna mistakenly gets turned into a doctor because of the doctor's severed hand that happened in season two and she becomes the brilliant dr donna they destroy the daleks and get everything home and everything's fine but we come to find out because she's only human she can't have a doctor's brain so all the wonderful things that we've seen her do from the adipose to midnight to everything has to get away uh, erased from her mind and she could not know anything of the brilliant things she's done which is uh. heartbreaking for the doctor um, we see her come again in a special right after this season where um, Wilf, her grandfather, ends up needing the doctor and helping him. And then that's where David Tennant, unfortunately, gets hurt saving Wilf and gets transitioned and has to regenerate into Matt Smith. Um, what did you think about the end of this season? Like Donna having her memory wiped. David, care, uh, the doctor, caring so much for her and then end up having to regenerate into the math smith. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Alejandra. Uh, this was the switch. Like I said, I went from hating that. Like I said, uh, you know, hearing Tony say something made me feel a little bit because I was like, oh, crap, about the crap on this whole Donna thing. Because uh, realistically speaking, like the whole personality, we see the transition, um, uh, you know, and the thing about this, Going into the going from the doctor's daughter, we're going to go in a little. You name it, from the very first episode to the last. You, in my opinion, I don't really start liking Donna to the last two three episodes. So when it happens to come through, I'm like, okay, this is great, and I'm like, okay, pro Donna, and you're like, what the hell? She revived herself, in my opinion, for me. Now you got to go ahead and literally, in my opinion, kill her off. That I mean, because if you if you look at it. The doctor sees her dead that way. He likes to see her, but she's literally a shell of her former self. If she can't remember anything that they enjoyed, what, then how can he enjoy life in general? So, I mean, at this moment, it's like someone died for him. And realistically speaking, I was, <laughs> I didn't, I think if I can ask that, I think I took a break after season four. I took a break for almost, and this is when they're available to stream. I took a break for probably two, three weeks. I was a little upset because I was like, what the hell? And I'm honestly, you know, it caught up. I was like, all right, but still, I was a little upset how they did her. So, right, like you guys mentioned before, the writing's brilliant. That was fantastic. Um, it, to the point where, you know, I felt as if they could have did more justice for her at the moment because, you know, you couldn't really figure out where they're going. I was so into it because I felt like, oh, I'm really at the release. In reality, I was like four years behind all of you guys watching this. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And, you know, I'm freaking out. And, and then I was like, all right, cool. Well, 
slightly pissed. So the the season, the end, the ending for like the emotional feel, uh, what really stuck with me. Um, I it's not my favorite season, but it stuck with me the, whether I like it or not. And I think that's probably why, essentially, because the icky feeling I got afterwards. So I guess you, I would say it's more of a positive feeling about season four because I felt really crappy for her at the end. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Julie, before I ask you the same question about your feelings and everything and how the season four ended, uh, cue ball has redeemed stretch for all of us. So thank you, Q. Oh. Stretch. Hey. <laughs> I can't. I just actually I needed I that. Get my booster. <laughs> I can't stretch. Um, but Julie, uh, go ahead. Same question for you. How did you feel at the end of season four and everything that happened with the doctor regenerating, Donna getting her mind wiped, all of it? The doctors war people. <laughs> um. Well, I like a lot of people were just completely wrecked by what they had to do to Donna. Like. I I was not okay for several days after that episode. <laughs> like, because, yeah, because, you know, a lot of us, like, fell in love with her. And then, like, basically, like, it's, it's such a sad fate for her because, like, like, you know, she got to go on all these amazing adventures and now she can, like, never remember them ever again. She kind of goes back to her boring life even though it's a nice life it's a nice life and you know but it's as we see in this current episode like she always felt like there was something missing so it's kind of a pretty cruel fate um to do <laughs> to donna and i was i was yeah i was not okay um i mean i loved i thought it was a great finale like as far as like emotional and exciting and tension building and all of that yeah like it's it was you know it was a really good finale from what I remember but I do remember having a lot of feelings about it at the time um and and then yeah and then when he regenerated into Matt Smith I was yeah I I think I also took a little bit of time off too because well I took just a little bit because I was very curious as to what was going to happen next. That I think the curiosity eventually got the better of me. And then I watched Matt Smith, but you know, but, but I was still like just the whole David Tennant thing. I was still like, you know, it took some time, took some grief to get well, over. So. No, I think all of us agree that we have to like grieve for a moment. Um, Tony, what were your thoughts on season four? It was devastating. Like, it was awful. Great. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. Um, I honestly can't go back. I can't rewatch it. It's too much for me. Um, mm. And then these bastards had the audacity to do it again. They did it <laughs> with Clara Oswin Oswald. They gave the doctor. Don't even. Uh, why did you level uh, companion? And then they were like, kidding. Never mind. She never existed. Or I guess she only existed for just a moment. And now you have just this very regular average human woman um, who's only like, I guess, advantage is that she's human and therefore can feel emotion the way humans do which was such a letdown because literally the first two but anyways that's a whole thing that i could go on about but i loved again i really don't understand why they're so weird and freaked out about giving him companions that actually have a higher level of intelligence they don't have to be as smart as him obviously this is a dude who's been around for like millennia but like, why can't you just allow them to be smart and even genius level in their own right? What What is the deal? Why can't we just have that? Because I think it's really fun and it's really awesome. And it makes for this really great dynamic that you've had 
plenty of other companions that were perfectly, you know, average or like their superpower wasn't their intelligence. It was their, you know, emotional, you know, uh, their EQ. Um, but yeah, for, I, I love when there's an opportunity for his companions to be just as intelligent or just as, you know, a brilliant tactician in their own right. Um, I love that. I think that that's amazing. It doesn't have to just be like, oh, the human touched my heart or both of them, I guess. And now... Now I have a completely new way of looking at the situation. So um, yeah, didn't love what they did with Donna. I'm so glad that we're rectifying with this because it's all I've been thinking about for the past <laughs> decade and a half. Um, don't know if we'll ever get justice for Clara Oswin Oswald, uh, AKA Souffle Girl. Who knows? Maybe one day. Oh, uh, but girl. I yes. know she was the best, um, but I'm really excited. Yeah, then, yeah. I'm really excited about it. See, and like, yeah, no, Dr. Donna, I heartbroken. I think this is the most heartbreak. I you, I think I cried harder for Donna than I did for Rose mm. or yes. any of them because it was just. Because uh, Rose still existed. Right. He was still mm. out there somewhere. Like, every other companion has remembered their adventures and has chosen, chosen to leave on their own accord, except for Clara. But I have my own feelings on Clara. We won't go <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, you'll be mad at me, Tony. <laughs> and then somebody, some random showrunner, I won't say who, thought they were being clever when they decided to inverse it with the twelfth Doctor. What you know? What I'm not going to yell about it right here, right now, because we're going to talk about Doctor Donna, and those are happy things. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. We do have a question in the chat before we move on to this wonderful. I feel like we might have to have another another Doctor Who show that is outside of these special episodes. <laughs> There's a lot. Because we're just talking about We were like, what should we do? And I was like, well, we have to go back and talk about season four because it's the doctor. Well, because like, well, you think about it. Much to talk about. No, it's so crazy. But the thing that drives me nuts though is you also even go out of her father we were missing to talking about. We're 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 not even talking about the you know never mind. Sorry, I'll be quiet. <laughs> um, but uh, going to the chat, Q does have a question for the panel for all of us. Okay. Um, they say, from this new era of Doctor Who, um, who is your favorite from this era? Uh, obviously, like, who's your favorite Doctor? Who's your favorite companion out of everybody? Not more than one, just one out of the Doctors and companions. Who's your favorite? Uh, Julie, we'll start with you. Well, I'm going to stick by my earlier answer. And I mean, I know I said a few different ones earlier, but I mean, it's still going to be 10 and Rose because if I have to pick, I don't like having to pick, but if I have to pick, then yeah. <laughs> Tony? Um, I love 10. I love the 10th Doctor. Absolutely love it. That just really felt like there was a clear trajectory um, even though it was, I think now looking back, I'm like, they did, you know, you're just writing episodes as you go. And I think you're only planning as far as like your next season, but it really did <laughs> feel cohesive in a way that like, I think has always stuck with us because I really appreciated that so many of the episodes and even the two-parters, they're fairly self-contained. So it feels like you can actually build upon that. It, they kind of started to lose me and I don't want this to become the, I hate Stephen Moffat parade, even though I could definitely <laughs> hate it. 
<laughs> it just felt like there were so many like things and gymnastics and convolutedness that wanted to be clever. And isn't it weird that you're actually your own granddaughter and niece and son all at the same time? I mean, I don't know if that's clever or not. It just kind of seemed confusing after a while. Um, <laughs> definitely love 10. Um, I loved even the storylines and just like the way that we were able to connect them all and everything really did feel, even if it was like such a self-contained, like existential crisis, it felt like it had ramifications, you know, for the entire universe. I really loved that about 10's episodes. Um, and I, I, uh, as far as companions, um, I really love Souffle Girl. Really, really would have loved to have seen, you know, more of that, you know, as a character. Um, I also, uh, <laughs> Uh, who else did I love? I think that's pretty. And then, yeah, Donna. I love Donna. I love how Donna just kind of like treats like time travel, like as sometimes this really amazing, cool thing, but also like something as annoying as going to the supermarket. I really love that. It's just kind of like the same old day for her, depending on like if something's really impressive, it's impressive. But if it's annoying, it's oh. annoying. She doesn't care if you're an alien or whatever. It's just, yeah, I, I just, I just love her. Hard question for you, Tony, before I, I jump to Alejandro. If you had to save Donna or Souffle Girl, who would you save? Mm. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Q. We have your answer. <laughs> uh, Only because you... she's a Dalek, but whatever. It's okay. Um, uh, Alejandro, who's your favorite out of everybody? Uh, Ten and Rory. Ten and Rory. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. yep. Uh, me, Ten and Donna, obviously. Um, but... As much as I'm getting you don't like Moffat, Tony, I hate Chimnall for everything he's done with the I flux. haven't I haven't seen enough, but what I saw, I didn't you I don't think, think Moffat's you're... a mess. Chimnall's even messier. Listen, I don't think well, my problem justice, is the budget. Though. It looks too his episodes look way too high budget. Granted, I'm still getting through the first season of uh of 13. I don't think Doctor Who should ever look too high budget. That's my well, own personal no. opinion. Now we have that Disney money, so it's about to start doing I don't that. want the Disney money. Go back. I want BBC money. I'm kind of like, oh, no, you're getting like 50 bucks in a plunger, dude. Like, <laughs> Now you're just describing Daleks to everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so now we are going to get into this uh, 60th anniversary, The Star Beast. So it's been 13 years since David Tennant and Catherine Tate have been in the Doctor Who universe. Oh, crazy. Years. Um, we have just lost uh, Jodie Whittaker being the th uh, 13th Doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and going into the new Doctor, we would thought that it was going to be the new Doctor. Um, can't say his name to save my life. Mkuti. Um, we thought it was going to be him. And then surprise, surprise, it's uh, David Tennant. Um, David Tennant goes back to Earth like he always does and lands on a random street and gets out, and the first person he runs into is Donna Noble. Of course. Uh, knocks stuff down, and he freaks out, doesn't tell her anything. But what I found was a very cute little touch is that Donna has named her trans daughter, which is beautiful, and I'm glad that Russell T. Davis is bringing stuff like this into the Doctor Who universe because they haven't really done that before. Um, mm. Her wonderful daughter, Rose, which was a great throwback and threw David Tennant off as well. Um, into the mix, we meet her. David Tennant runs away and everything, and there's a spaceship where he runs into uh, Donna Noble's husband and takes him to the spaceship. Aliens are apparently wreaking havoc and trying to hunt down 
a cute little creature with big eyes called the Meep. Mm -hmm. Well, Rose happens to find the Meep and hide in her house, and Donna finds the Meep with Rose. David has to go to the house, and they're all trying to keep it a secret that aliens don't exist. He's not the doctor, because if Donna remembers, her mind will explode. This entire episode, uh, the aliens are fighting, trying to find the Meep. Um, David Dennett doesn't think, or uh, the doctor doesn't think anything, something is quite right, so he holds a trial and finds out that the Meep is actually evil. Um, and was taken over by a crazy star and is just wanting to destroy the world. Um, they end up getting captured and him and Donna get somehow stuck in the top of the ship because he's going to destroy all of London. Um, but the only way the doctor can stop the ship because there's a barrier down is to reawaken Donna, which is very sad because all of us know she's going to die. Um, we reawaken Donna and she automatically gets mad that she gave away all her money that he gave her from that lotto ticket, as she should. Um, but <laughs> and becomes the doctor Donna and becomes brilliant and they take down the meep and go out. Now we think she's going to die, but what I thought early on in the episode, since she had a child, the meta crisis went partly into her daughter as well. So her daughter was also part doctor and they were able to stop the meep. And then at the end, we find out that they can just let go of the meta crisis and be smart and loving and everything. And then the doctor and Donna jump on to the TARDIS to go see Wilf because he's a couple of miles down the road. What did you think about this episode and all of the little, little things they throw in there with, for instance, the pronoun thing that Rose brought up and everything like that? What are your thoughts on this episode, Tony? I've been calling myself the Tony because now I really want my pronouns to be the definite article too. So I really, really <laughs> liked that line a lot. Um uh, but no, I, I thought the episode is great. It, again, it felt contained. It didn't feel, um, it didn't feel too grand for itself. Even though it is about aliens and it is about you know um, not only the Doctor but other like a whole package. It's it's like the Meep and it's the what are they called? Wraith warriors or the the Rarth the Those guys, the little that, praying yeah. mantis dudes. Yeah, the praying mantis dudes with the gun. <laughs> gun. Um. Yeah, they look kind of donji. They look like, yeah, I put that together. Like, I could do that. Like, I love that about Doctor Who. I always think that Doctor Who should be, like, elevated B-movie sci-fi. Um, that's how I think that's the Doctor Who sweet spot. Um, so I loved it. Loved seeing Sylvia Noble. As much as I hated her in the fourth season, I just was like, she's I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as Rose, I have to tell you, I did not get that Rose was trans until the very, very end. Um, and now realizing like that's the case, I just love the fact that they didn't have to do the whole like sitcom Saturday morning, like, you know, after school special thing of like, here's my daughter, my daughter. And like, it's like this very loaded, like pause thing of like, oh, obviously now we're going to have a moment about like, you know, uh, uh, you know, gender and and uh, somebody's non-binary identity. And I just felt like it was like, no, obviously, like this is what's happening. Even when like the kids were taunting her uh, on their bikes in the street, I didn't understand that they were actually dead naming her, which by the way, those kids suck. And I hope something very bad happened to them at the end of that block. Uh, <laughs> but I love that immediately that uh, Donna, you know, we always just kind of like, she's full of bravado and she's always very dramatic and like aggressive. But the fact that she's a mom now, I'm like, yeah, I know that mom. I know that mom that says, like, I'll burn this world down for you. You just say the word. I love that. And I love that, you know, her daughter is 
very sweet and like restrained. And even that moment of like, oh, you, uh, you're assuming that the Meep's pronouns are he, like curious. And then after this moment of like, yes, you've just come back. You yourself are a non-binary uh, creature yourself, doctor. Like he's like, yeah, good point. Yeah, what is, yeah. And we get that great line about the definite article. Um, <laughs> I just love this entire episode. I loved how... <laughs> I always love when you can see an episode and you're just like, okay, obviously we have one, two, we have a limited number of sets. Uh, we can only do so much within each one of these sets. Again, I think that's the sweet spot for Doctor Who. So knowing that you could contain the Doctor and and Donna into like this little fuel pod, this little like, you know, uh, whatever, wherever they're at, the bridge, wherever. Um, I love the fact that the Meep is actually Professor Sprout. I love that. Um, so Miriam, my, my goalies, I love you. So glad you're around. Um, and I love that the family is around and there's like, uh, with the exception of Bernard Cribbins, because at this point, I think he was only like a few months out from his actual death, RIP. Uh, but I love that, like, yeah, she has a family and we don't have to explain away why the family is like, oh, they went to go see their sister or something. And it feels like a family. It feels like a family is in peril. Um, and you know, there's all the different dynamics and group dynamics that go into that. So yeah, I love this episode. I absolutely loved it. I'm really upset that it's only an hour. Right. <laughs> I'm living. So, no, that's what made me mad is I was like, okay, you finally give me back my favorite companions. Russell T. Davis writing for my favorite companions. And you're only giving me an hour. I mean, get it. I get it. You're giving me three episodes, but you're giving me an hour. <laughs> I will uh, say, though, that the only thing that I was, I don't really want to say that I didn't like it, but I'm curious about, in the first days after Doctor's Regeneration, there's always these questions about, like, oh, who am I? Am I a different person? Am I still the same person? Am I a culmination of all the persons that have come before me? And immediately, 14 just feels like 10, which I think they're... But also 14 is a little bit more differently than 10. So like even like 14 is a little bit more in touch with their feelings and they even call that out. They're like, oh, I say things like that now. Oh, I do that now. <laughs> but I wish we had more time to actually talk about that. And we don't because we have so many things to get through. The Dr. Donna, the daughter, the family, uh, Sylvia, the 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 various uh, aliens. Unit is here. We get a new uh, unit scientist. There's so many things to get through. So I understand why we can't get to all the things, but also, yeah, lots of questions. We will, <laughs> um, now that we've gone through the history of Donna, next episode when we're talking, we are going to touch base on all those little intricacies of the new doctor and what they're bringing in and everything like that. Cause I am very excited to talk about that too. Um, Alejandro, what did you feel about this episode? Uh, I felt a little differently. Uh, I hated it at the beginning. There was no excitement for me at the time being because I was seeing how things were unfolding was a little upset at first. Um, but in reality, uh, I started chuckling to myself because I've seen I was like, this is like the hundredth Doctor Who episode that I've seen. So this is going to go in a direction that I'm not going to expect, maybe. So initially, when Meep was introduced, I was like, nah, I don't trust that little furball. Um, I just I anything cute and cuddly in the Doctor Who world is bullshit. We know this. So right when Meep came out, I was like, no, you little shit. At this, nah, -uh, something's not right. <laughs> I felt what? more heartbroken when the Warriors died. I was like, what the. 
I was pissed off. That was like, what the hell? That was probably some badass dude. That would have been a really cool freaking, you know, like I was very, very upset. That I mean, because when it came to like the only time I was upset, other than like a random alien race dying, was like the rhino soldiers in the back of the day. Like when they eventually were a little misunderstood, I was like, what the fuck? So realistically speaking, there was a lot of hate in this episode that's building up for me. Because at the time being, also seeing Donna all of a sudden having the memories, but David Tennant got all teary-eyed. I was like, oh, they're going to do this to us. They're going to cut this off. They're not going to give us any comebacks. You can ask Steph. I was like, F this noise. I did not want to watch the episode after that barrier. I was pissed. And I felt right in their little crumbly fucking petty hands because I felt all for it. And when she came by, did her freaking thing. And of course, her daughter. When Rose was brought up, I sat there, got a little teary. I was like, God damn it. Why did I like? And honestly, I kind of like, I'm going to be real. I kind of hated Rose initially when I saw her too, just because some mixed emotions of how she treated, but that's not a here or there. We understand that this is going to go really deep if we go really deep into the other companions. So I felt that the nod to Rose was beautiful. Um, the Even the acknowledgement that you see Donna appreciating her you know, husband, like you could tell about the choice of husband, how he is. He let her go. He, he was like, she's a wildflower. She does what she does. And he never judged one damn thing. Nothing that Donna did. All this unknown things about her. He was like the best freaking husband to have in a situation for a woman that has been through some mental trauma and cannot experience this again. I was very impressed with how you could tell she selected her husband. You could tell that it, it just, just meshed well together. Uh, Tony, you're right. I wanted her mother to get hit by a car, but it was nice to see her. Um, so in a sense, when I came to see it, I was like, nah, bitch, die. I don't want, I want to see you. I was not happy with that at all. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, realistically speaking, I know we, I can't jump ahead of us because I'm not going to mention the character we see later. That was more of an emotional uh, appreciation, so I won't go into that. Uh, but um, the episode in general, like I said, I fell into their little putty developing fingers because they got me the whole way uh, initially when i saw it like i said i was a little disappointed because what the heck are they gonna do i was really scared for donna when when we started seeing this because i was like what are they doing why did they bring tenant back i i'm accepted i'm excited to bring tenant but i thought this was a farewell episode i thought they were gonna do something cute and you know all of a sudden after she's off tenant goes in the neck i literally thought it was going in this direction so when the lovely Dr. Donna reveals herself again, I cannot tell you how excited it was. It was stupid. I felt like I was a kid in sixth grade seeing my best friend again, running, rolling down hills and shit. I was like, this is going to be fun. Let, let's, let's see. And you could tell immediately, immediately when they went to going and doing pins and needles and all the buttons and stuff while they were trying to, you know, do their own thing. I was getting teary-eyed watching it because it was just impressive on it. So yeah, I fell into the whole freaking show and just I fell into the trap. So I loved it. I hated it in the beginning and I really felt emotional with it. But the ending really it turned around for me. You fell into that Russell T. Davis trap that he does all the time that he's so good at. Um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on this episode? <laughs> oh, I loved it. I I loved every minute of it. I think so. I, I feel like I'm probably not the only one that this was the first Doctor Who in a while because even if we'd been watching and keeping up with 13th Doctor like there hasn't been new episodes in a while but I also hadn't just watched in a while so this is my I don't remember when I was watching I think like maybe last year so it's it's been my first episode in a while so I was like what a great like jump back into it um and yeah, I, I felt like, like, like I said earlier, like it's like, it was like an old, old friends have come back. Like, oh my gosh, it's, it's literally David Tennant and, and Catherine Tate. Like I couldn't contain my excitement. Um, 
And yeah. And then of course, like every little step kept me hooked. I'm like, where are they going to go with this? How, how are they going to like, and I, I also was worried for, for Donna. And I was like, I like literally, but I also was like, I don't think they would bring her back just to kill her. So I kept that hope in my head that I was like, you know, she's, she's somehow not going to die. She's not going to like, you know, um, because I mean, also like, you know, they do kill off a lot of random people in Doctor Who, but they haven't really killed off companions. Some of them have met some interesting and sad fates, but not really killed. So I was like, yeah, I just, I couldn't see that happening. Um, I personally love a cute little furry creature. Like uh, that to me, like that's a, that's a hook hook storyline for me like you can suck me in with those little, little I, like they are little shits but I don't care like <laughs> like I will get sucked in and like I did I was a little distrustful I was like there's no way this thing could be this cute okay like and this like innocent and like who oh, help me you know like but I wanted I wanted it to be I wanted it to be sweet and innocent and like and yeah and yeah freaking Miriam Margoyles man like she she's amazing and I I knew I recognized the voice I was like this voice sounds so familiar I was like this is the voice from Harry Potter and actually at first I thought that it was Toby Jones who plays Dobby but then I but then I realized it was Miriam Miriam Margles I was like oh no because like she's twisting her voice a little bit and like uh so good I loved her as this character um but uh and then I don't know and then like I also thought I was hoping that like you know, because they said that the the meep used to be because then when we found out it was bad, I was like, oh, I kind of like can't say I didn't see that coming, but I didn't want it to come, you know. Um, but like, you know how they were saying like the meep used to be good, like you know, and then the sun or whatever was too much for them and turned them bad, and now there's only one left or whatever. I was kind of hoping that um, that maybe David Tennant would find a way to like turn it good again, you know, but maybe we still will. I don't know. Maybe I feel like we'll revisit the Meep because the Meep was a very good character in my opinion. Like, I think it was fun. It was a good, again, introduction back into like, oh, right. There's like little aliens and there's like crazy creatures in this series and like all this stuff. And, um, and yeah, and then just seeing those two back in action together and having you wondering at every turn, like, what was going to happen to Donna. And I loved also Rose, the character Rose, like too, like you were saying, I love that she's transgender. Like I, you know what? I feel like I have heard this because I've never traveled to England. It's a, it's a bucket list trip of mine, but I've heard that like, you know, people can like, I'm not saying there's hatred everywhere. Right. But I heard that like in some areas, like there's places where people can just exist. Like you can just say someone's transgender and it's literally not even a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like anybody said anything other than a normal thing that someone would say, you know? And like here, I feel like you say that and there are people who would be like, <gasps> you know, like, and I just, I don't get it, you know? And I love that like the Doctor Who just treated it like it was, like like Tony was saying, completely normal, completely just woven into the conversation and Donna and Sylvia like wasn't even like an, like anything other than it's, this is this is the thing that happens and that's it, you know, like. So I did like that. I liked her character and I loved how she made the toys. Oh my God. Like I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it at first that the toys were the aliens that they had encountered. And I was like, oh my God, what a little great Easter egg. Like she had the Ood and the Dadoon and 
it was yeah that was really cool. it was so cute yeah yeah <laughs> no um yeah no i'm right there with you i love all of this episode um i do have to shout out uh carl collins who plays sean temple because his character they, he just fit in so well with donna and mm. uh rose and everything and they just gave him this hey these are my women they're brilliant I love them and they're going to go and take the world and just his ease about everything. I was just like, that's beautiful to be able to do yeah. that a character. We're probably not going to see a lot, but to have him have such an impact and have him follow these characters is great. Plus also um, Sylvia's little, did I say that right? I've called them beautiful before. That was a little brilliant little touch that I, I like they did because it shows her trying to learn it. And I was like, okay, Sylvia, you're not as bad as you used to be. <laughs> I completely yeah, went yeah, over exactly. my head. <laughs> it was so went over my head because I didn't realize, again, I didn't catch on because I'm so used to American TV where they would have immediately, like, in the introduction, dead named and then, like, misgendered them, like, in the first two minutes and been like, oh, sorry, still getting used to it. I'm so used to that because it's so it's so ubiquitous. But even that is, like, considered, like, oh, that's still, like, advanced and progressive for like you know representation and the fact that it's like so normalized they don't even have to use the word trans or they right. don't have to say anything about like gen like they don't have to use like that kind of language because nobody talks about that when your kid is already out already living like and just like going about their business and the problem at hand is aliens when is like the gender of your daughter actually going to come into play when you've got yeah. a martian in the living room running I, from aliens so they're trans now right no it's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> no so i just loved how yeah the language was normalized and it was like oh my god i'm i'm not smart i was not picking up on any of these cues until the very very end and then i went back and watched it a second time and i'm like oh they were really trying to like drop some hints here but they were so subtle and so well done and so normalized that i just really was like mm -hmm. oh i'm a big old dum-dum I didn't realize, and also because like Rose's, you know, gender identity has nothing to do with the actual plot and storyline. We don't even have to like take the time to like discuss it. We just like, it's literally drop lines here or there and then they just move on to the actual business of the show, which is like the Martian in the living room. Yep, yep. Right. Um, my other things with this episode is I really wish that Donna would have been able to keep her metacrisis since it was split, split between her and her daughter. And they would have just been the Dr. Donna and the Dr. Rose. Like, I would have loved yeah. that. But that was wishful thinking, and I get it. We can't have the doctor. But that was wishful thinking on my end. <laughs> um, did you have something to say, Julie? <laughs> I was just going to say, it would have been cool if there could have just been, like, little little traces left over or something. You know, it's so, like, every once in a while, she just has, like, this brilliant Dr. Donna moment that comes out. You know what I mean? Like, Rose cool. can't get a scholarship to MIT just because no, right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> right there, agree with both of you. Um, but I want to guys get your guys' final thoughts on like Dr. Donna coming back and us going through the entirety of season four and everything. What are your thoughts on them coming back and what do you hope to see from them in the upcoming episodes? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Alejandra. Oh, crud. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's just start with me. She's I'm thinking on this one. Okay. So uh, realistically speaking, um, part of me want, and I, I know this is probably not the case, but part of me wants to think 
that they're going to continue on branching off somehow with Donna and mm-hmm. and Tenet. I don't see them doing it, realistically speaking, in a storyline. We understand that there are, there can't be, there's not other time. I, I, there's no splitting thing. I know there's no way in my head this could work, but there's still part of me that wants to say they're going to change the rules of Doctor Who to somehow have Donna and Tenet still exist. Why? But then again, you're looking at the new doctor being released. He's a fantastic actor. So there's no hate anywhere towards that direction. So I'm really excited about that too. Um, but I mean, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I love the episodes. I love that we're, we're coming forth for. And honestly, I'm really hoping in some way, shape or form, even if they have to use Rose, like she's so it looks like a fantastic character coming into as well. That'd be, that'd be uh, fantastic uh, to see, see that, uh, to see that aspect of it. Um Ah, oh, they they tease you with that taste of freaking Donna and it just it, it's something I still want continuous. But re, re, uh, regardless of that, I thought it was beautifully written. Um, and the direction of the episodes that are going right now, I'm excited to see. I hate saying this, I'm not really usually excited about Disney money. One reason why I'm excited about Disney money at this point right now because it looks like they might have some development, um, you know, coming some for so forth. So I'm really hoping that there is some kind of branch off that might, you know we might experience more of these companions, you know, coming back, we might have a ridiculous, we don't, we won't have to wait for a revolution to happen to, you know, suit up against dialects and Cybermen to, you know, duke it out for it. Um, uh, you know what, uh, seeing Donna brings to one of my favorite characters. And I understand the only reason why I haven't brought this character up because I hypothetically speaking, I don't look him as a companion. I really look him as a, as a fellow Jack Hartness. I, I believe the face of, I, I just, hoping we have some kind of you know reavail you know, reappearance with characters that are strong w- with this here too as well so just seeing you know the strong chops of donna being back uh kind of hopes and gives me a little little uh, hope to think that we may have some really strong and centric characters being brought into this think about it too and i know this once again this may just be theorized alejandro bring up here um but with disney buying it they're doing a lot of universe movies i mean you got you got tons of universe movies going on so what says that we are mm. not about to be introduced to a possible branch of universe of doctor who anyway that's just theory i would love for it to happen uh hands down i'm going to be repetitive and say this again uh once again tenant and uh, and and uh, they're fantastic i can't not like them so i'm happy that they paved the way for excitement i'm happy that they paved the way to some uh, some sort of creative uh, nod or page turner to the next chapter of doctor who but i really don't think they would do something this brilliant for no reason so uh once again i'm hoping hoping something happens so <laughs> i'm right there with you i really hope they use uh, yasmin feeney way more than just this three episode arc because I think she's brilliant, and I think she could go far. Um, Julie, what are your thoughts on this episode, and where do you want it to go? Um, I'm going to agree with Alejandro and yourself, Eric, that I I think that they should use Rose more. And I think, I have a feeling they will, because I feel like she's like this new character they just introduced and introduced how smart she is and, like, if I see like her mom, you know, and I feel like there's definitely a place for her in the you know in this universe, you know, like coming forward. I I unfortunately don't think it'll be with David Tennant because you know we already know he is going to regenerate into the fifteenth Doctor. Like everybody knows that because it's already been announced and everything. Um, like you said, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, Nakuti Nakuti. Um, so anyways, he's going to regenerate into him. 
But I do think that we will definitely revisit Rose and who knows, maybe even Donna. Now that like Donna is allowed to remember the doctor, that's opened up a whole new door of like she can come back whenever she wants now pop in you know because I mean we did get some fun episodes with prior companions that popped back in here and there so I don't see why they couldn't do that with her um and as far as just this whole thing yeah I think it's really like amping us up for the newest doctor I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with these these three episodes and like how it's gonna transition into the the new ones um with the 15th doctor and um, I think that it was just a really great, like, um, as far as the special goes, I loved it. I mean, I, I you all have seen the 50th, I'm assuming. Like, I loved that because they were able to bring back, you know, Matt Smith and David Tennant. And, like, they, they brought John Hurt out. And, like, that was, it was, I really, really liked it. So this one, though, I say is, is up there, too, because I think they did a really solid job with it. And they did something a little different than what they did with the 50th. So this is like the 60th. They're like, we're going in a little bit different direction. We're going to split it into three episodes. We're going to have, you know, we're going to bring back some favorites, but it's going to be in a new way. And I thought they did a really great job with it. And I think it's getting us all amped up. So, yeah. yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts, uh, final thoughts on this episode? And where do you wish it would, where do you want it to go? I'm concerned that we only get these three specials and by the end of the third, that's when another regeneration will occur. Um, and I really don't want that to happen because I really, really, I, I enjoy David Tennant so much and I think he enjoys being the doctor. It's obvious. It doesn't feel like the person that's just kind of come back to like milk their, their old, their old uh, role. Cause he's a big old nerd. Um, so you can tell that he's having a lot of fun. Um, I hope that we get a little bit more time. Um, I don't know uh, how the strike, if at all, because like in the the reason why we've been on hiatus is because we had a series of strikes happen. I don't think the BBC was was uh, affected the way that the U.S. Uh, was affected, especially uh, yeah in terms of like production and what they were able to actually carry on through. So I'm actually very curious, uh, and I don't think they've confirmed as to like when that transition is actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I know for a fact that like filming for the I think it's like what the 14th series I think we're on um, I think that starts like this month and then like ends like next summer mm. so I don't know like where that transition is actually happening I wish we had a whole new series uh, with David Tennant um, but I know that that's like you know maybe may not be happening because David Tennant's a very busy man and he's got other things to do um, and it's very unfortunate because I wish he would do nothing but Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> ultimately, I, I'm I'm just happy to have these characters back even for a short time. Um, I'm happy to even see where it goes, um, and I definitely am happy that just Russell T Davies is back. Uh, Murray Gold. We haven't talked about the music at all. Murray Gold is back, which I'm so, so happy about because I think the music in Doctor Who is so important. Um, and unfortunately, outside of the theme itself and some of the stuff that was uh, created for uh, especially the 11th Doctor, I don't think Doctor Who has really like nailed, you know, the, the, the themes and, and, and the compositions and the music that the way that they did for the 11th Doctor and especially during the Stephen Moffat era. era. 
I think that was the one thing that I can absolutely say was like my favorite thing about the Stephen Moffat era was like the music was just like top tier, couldn't be matched. There was nothing like nothing pumped you up more than that 11th Doctor theme. It was the most amazing thing you could ever just like I would use I would actually use that uh, on the treadmill. Um, I wouldn't advise <laughs> I did almost pass out a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very happy that we're here to talk about it. I'm very happy that we have more Doctor Who. I don't want another year or two to go by in between episodes, but I know that's the nature of Doctor Who. So I hope that whatever ends up happening, we actually get, you know, more of these little mini-sodes, supplemental episodes, whatever they're calling them. Um, I know that the Children in Need broadcast usually brings us something every year, but yeah, I just wish we had more, just yeah. more. No, I'm I'm right there in agree with agreement with you. Uh, I want Tennant to stick around. I he probably isn't going to, but um, I do wish that he would, so we could see like the Doctor's daughter, like bring back that, mm. like that to finish off a little bit of loose ends that may have not been finished before. Um, plus, other characters like Jack Harkness, bring back Jack Harkness and fix what Chimnall didn't do for us, but teased us so hard. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I can't wait for the future of this. Uh, but that is all the time we have today, guys. Thank you for chatting Doctor Who with me. Um, we talked about the fourth season and the Star Beast episodes. And I want to shout you guys out again. Um, let people every uh, out there know where they can find you. We'll start with you, Tony. Mm, you guys can find me on all social media at the Tony Sanchez. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. And Julie, where can everybody out there locate you? Uh, I am on uh, Instagram is my main, probably it's at J Raylan, J R A E L Y N. Also do a little bit of the TikToks at, uh, at J Ray lady, J R A E L A D Y. Um, those are probably my two main ones. So yeah, find me there. Perfect. Alejandro, where can everybody out there find you? Uh, I got a little delayed stuff, but I got about three years worth of real content. You can check out at I-A-M-C-O-W-I-E. That's I am Cowie for Instagram or Alejandro.Cowie for TikTok because I as well, Julie, do the TikToks on occasion. Um, <laughs> a little less interactions over there. Um, I also do some, uh, let's say, in-action photography with uh, action figures. So Cowie Collector has about a year worth of content up there. Uh, C-O-W-I-E, Collector, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-U-R. But anyway, we'll go to that later, but that's where you can find me. Perfect, perfect. And me, you can find me on all social platforms at Heartless7. That's H-A-R-T-L, the number three, S-S-7. And I do do some of the TikToks every once in a while as well. Uh, they're not good, but they're there. <laughs> but again, thank you all for tuning in and being with us. Be sure to join our Discord to keep this conversation going, as well as subscribing to all of our platforms at NomTalk Network. Um, and then uh, tune into our next show, which is next week, where we'll be we will be talking about the 60th anniversary, episode two and three. Until then, I'm your host, and everybody out there, have a nomerific day. <laughs>